0: Everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of The Wrap right here on the Fight Game Media Network. Happy Monday to you all. And for the first time in at least two months, it's no longer WrestleMania season. It's a relief. It's now time to wind down and get ready to that road to Money in the Bank going down in July. But we got a couple of shows in between. And what better way to navigate all of this? And with two very close buddies buddies of mine that navigate all things WWE with me, per the usual, I'm back here every single week. I'm Keela Cash. Thank you for joining me. And by my side, per the usual, is my right-hand man, my co-captain, the wise man himself, and the sometimes advocate, Avon Wagner, Back with us once again is Scott Young. Welcome back, Scott.
1: Thank you, Keela. It's uh, always a pleasure to chop it up and talk all things WWE with you, uh, especially, or I should say, even during this underwhelming week after WrestleMania. But we'll get to that. And, uh, you know, we have a guest on who has a little bit of firsthand experience about that as well. So this is, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited about this entire conversation we're about to have
0: yes a deep dive on the week after wrestlemania a week that we really loved up until monday night which we'll get to in a minute but also along for the ride is someone who's been here since that day one ish he is the sexy og grampy back here once again paul fontaine one of the founding members of the rap welcome back paul
2: oh i'm happy to be here um did you say at the beginning that we're buddies i think we're buddies Okay, cool. You know, like you're a lot younger than me. And uh, I don't know if you understand. But when I was when I was like, uh, I don't know, in my early 20s, we had a saying, and you may not even have been born yet, or you're a baby anyways. But the saying was, and and you're not gonna like this. <laughs> Uh, friends are friends, but buddies sleep together. And we definitely do not. I, I don't think we've ever even met face to face, but that was the first thing that came to my mind when you said we are buddies. And I'm like, well, we don't quite have that kind of relationship. <laughs> my face is frozen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh boy I, hey, it took start. me two minutes and 15 seconds <laughs> that's a good start yeah oh man
0: my face is oh frozen. We, we don't know
1: where this is going it's yeah, gone no where this is going.
0: <laughs> it's gone directly to horny hours unexpectedly yeah, yeah. so right off you the said
1: it not me i am just I'm i feel just like that was a the bot ride. that said that <laughs> <laughs> was, was that a bot was that a bot it had to be a bot yeah, that would a say bot. something like that right apparently they're really cheap
0: huh and they apparently say the same thing over and over again, and retweet for the algorithm. Apparently, are we bots? And, and they
2: and they boo Becky.
0: Yes, they boo Becky. Um, let's see what else do they do? They retroactively hate AEW since 2019. Yeah. Um They happen to also hate WWE.
2: It's like I think they chant. I think they chant Walter during Gunther matches. Yes,
0: Walter. They <laughs> tell Braun Breaker he sucks
2: yes they do yes oh,
1: i can't wait to, i can't wait and to they tell cameron that grimes that he doesn't deserve a title for his dead for pack. his father fo- what man i can't <laughs> wait to brag on that crowd man ridiculous i mean what Ah, oh, i can't wait this is gonna be a great show
0: And the ultimate sign of firmware malfunctions, they said, we want Ziggler in 2022, so we know the bots
2: are running I was shocked at WrestleMania when I was there, and the fans were like 70% chanting for Ziggler. I couldn't believe it. I'm looking around like, who are these people? But they were there, and they weren't in Orlando. Like, this is a nationwide thing. Damn it. Now, I have appreciated
0: Dolph Ziggler on NXT TV, but I reached my limit at standing and deliver. So, he can go back to Raw now. I take it all back. I started this. I apologize for giving Dolph Ziggler a pass. But no, 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 no. We don't chant, we want Ziggler over Bond Breaker. We do not do that here. But... Let's refocus and think back to WrestleMania a week ago. It was a lot of fun. It was a two-night stupendous extravaganza. And the two things I keep going back to is obviously Bianca Belair and her entrance and her victory over Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship. And the thing that happened right afterwards, which was the return of the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes to WWE for the first time in six years. And I kept seeing his entrance over and over and over again on my timeline. And I got the chills a bit. It was a presentation to remember it was perfection. I look at the camera angles. The one time that Kevin Dunn got it right with Seth's facial expression going from annoyed to happy to pissed off. I loved all of it. It was a perfect range of emotions. The match was very good. As we segue to the night after WrestleMania live from the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas. And I think I told Scott a week ago, right after WrestleMania night two, they're two for two on really good shows. Ken they go three for three the answer is no the night after Wrestlemania is officially dead and and no longer matters in the timeline WWE really doesn't put a lot of effort into the show and I get it it's okay but when you hype up this night all year long. You do a documentary five years ago hyping up the importance of the night after WrestleMania and to drop the ball. The last three years is just a show now and we got to get used to it. But we did kick things off pretty strongly with Cody Rhodes back in a WWE ring and basically declaring his mission statement regarding his return to the company. He wants to win the big one. He wants to win the WWE championship for his father. Something his father was never able to do for the family back in 1977. He wants to right that wrong for the 2022s and he's going to be a man of his word to make sure that the Rhodes family name will have a championship attached to it at long last. A world championship at that. So I dug the promo. It was melodramatic, but I am here for the Cody shenanigans because just two months ago Cody lost all 50 states, including Georgia. And in one night in Dallas, Texas, he wins back all 50 states. He's beloved by the WWE fan base. And his next step towards becoming champion will come this Monday from Detroit, Michigan against The Miz. And when this match is made official on SmackDown Friday night, the timeline went crazy. Oh, my God. Cody's down bad facing off against the Miz. Oh, it's the end after a week. And I cannot believe I'm about to put on Scott's cape and defend the Miz.
1: This is going to be great.
0: I am stunned by this. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, those attractors out there that doubt this matchup, Cody and The Miz are really good friends. You don't think Cody says, let me face a guy that put shine on the Intercontinental Championship after I left the company in 2016. The Miz's best year ever came after I left as Stardust. This man is a two-time Grand Slam champion. Sure, he's a less relevant. MJF. Sure, he hasn't meant much since 2019, but the guy has had back to back bangers at WrestleMania against the likes of Bad Bunny and teaming with Logan Paul and made him look like a million bucks, even though Logan Paul wrestled circles around The Miz. But still, The Miz was the man that held the glue together.
1: Still got to get that shot in, though, huh? <laughs> still got to get that shot in. <laughs> <laughs> I can't
0: help it. I have to offer praise and backhanded compliments at the exact same time. but the Miz is very accomplished and I expect him to cut a very good promo on Cody preceding the matchup and they will have a very good match. They're boys, they buddies they go back in the day during their time in WWE together. So I am fine with this matchup. so I just cannot believe I'm sitting here today praising the Miz. It's disturbing, but here we are. Me, the biggest Ms. Hater, is here on this night defending the Ms. honor for a day. Once Monday rolls around, it's back to Ms. Hate Hours. But up until then, you better put some respect on the Ms's name, damn it. Now Amen. And now I take off the cape. I give it back to Scott quickly as possible and then I will clean myself of what I've just done and leave him to this so what are your thoughts Scott on the return of Cody thus far and his soon-to-be match against the one and only Mike the Miz Mazanin.
1: I mean wow you know what more could I say than that that was beautifully put I'm so glad we have that for on the record, you know, that, that is forever in the archives. That is something we can always look back to is today was the day that Keela showed love to Mike. Mike got love from Keela. They're buddies. They're buddies. <laughs> <laughs> they're buddies. This is a day that will live in infamy. Um, so, I, you know, when I first heard it, I already knew what the deal was. You know, I, I'm, I am a Miz fan and I already knew people were going to go crazy about it. I was actually genuinely surprised at the pushback to the hate for it that a lot of people gave because people were like, yo, you still got to remember who The Miz is, even if you're looking, like, especially if you're looking at it from a kayfabe sense, like, from a storyline sense, The Miz was just WWE champion, like, a year and a half ago, you know, like, he was just the top guy, he is a two-time WWE champion, money in the bank, inter- I mean, he he was the reason the Intercontinental mattered. You are, I mean, like you said, so he's not wrestling like Mansoor. You know what I mean? Like he's not wrestling somebody like that. And that's no disrespect to Mansoor, who I think is still undefeated in Saudi Arabia. Um, so he's got his own little streak going there. But <laughs> you know, he but that's I mean, like the Miz is still, especially in a kayfabe sense, he's still. You know, that if you beat the Miz on your first night, that's still a big deal. And like Keila said, there's going to be that pre match promo, and that's what I'm fully expecting is for there to be a promo for the Miz to rile people up, get people talking. You know, he does this thing, he makes people want to slap him, and then Cody's going to come out, cut a fiery baby face promo, you know, take some nice dig at the Miz, and then people are going to get behind him. Cody's going to come in, wrestle circle. I mean. That match he had with Seth, those moves, he, if he pulls out two of those moves, Miz is going to be looking around like, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> I mean, I can't do that. What do I do? So, I mean, it is what it is when it comes to that. But like the, like you said, Keeler, the hate he got off the bat and like people already trying to use that as a way to say that Cody's ruined and look at what they did to Cody. They done massacred my boy already. And I'm like, yo... Come on, man. This is still the Miz. This is still the Miz. This is still the guy who in the last three WrestleManias. And this isn't by accident. He's wrestled Shane McMahon with uh, against Shane McMahon, Bad Bunny, and with Logan Paul. And I think the one before that, he was in the Intercontinental title match with Finn Balor and uh, Seth Rollins, which was a really good match. I think maybe that was a few years before that, but he's always in something important at the biggest show. And if that doesn't show how important he is and how trusted he is, I, you know, I don't know what more can be said about somebody. You don't have to put on a five-star classic all the time. You, sometimes you just want to put him in there with somebody reliable that he can mow down. The Miz can get mowed down, cut a promo, and he's back to be in the Miz the next week. So, I, I, Keila, I, I'm with you. I'm so happy I got to hear that. So thank you for that as well.
0: I apologize for having you hear that. <laughs> I did not mean for that to happen. <laughs> but here's one more note that's very important to point out in the fact that The Miz has done something Cody has never done. And that is win the WWE Championship, yeah. not once, but twice. And here's something else that some faves that you love in AEW never done either. And secretly, they would still love to do someday main event WrestleMania. Mm, so that take stinks. that. For what you will, but The Miz has that and he keeps cashing in on house after house. And I know the market value of those houses. The Miz is loaded, <laughs> he's paid, he's happy, and he's blessed. And I can assure you that The Miz has a Hallmark card with his name on for Christmas time. I can't say the same for, you know, Matt and Nick and Tony and Kenny for Christmas with Ooh. Cody on the address list. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So, Paul. Despite Mm -hmm. the shade I just threw in directly at some people, what are your (laughs) thoughts on (laughs) Cody's return to WWE thus far and his match against the Miz this upcoming Monday on
2: Raw? Well, I'm glad you like the promo. I um I I heard a few recaps of Raw before I actually got a chance to watch it cuz I was on the road Monday and Tuesday. So I I didn't actually watch Raw till I I can't remember, might have been Thursday morning. Um and uh I I really liked the promo. Now, I'm a big Cody fan. They you know just, you know, all uh Pretense aside, I, I'm just, you know, and most of the time when people don't like his promos, I really like them for whatever reason. I even like the Anthony and Gogo one. Um, one. So, you know, it's like, so, I mean, I was right into it and I was buying buying everything. As far as facing The Miz, I mean, it's a perfect first match. They, they're like the exact same guy, you know, when you think about it. Like, they're on the, probably the same level on the card in AEW and WWE. They both have reality shows. They both have, you know, the wife that tries to wrestle but really can't um you know and uh and and it's like so it's a perfect thing and so if Cody mows through the Miz as we all expect him to that instantly says okay he is going to be a bigger deal in WWE than he was in AEW and uh, that's going to be hard for some people to actually fathom because everyone all I'm seeing is oh you know he's going to be Stardust in six months and blah 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 when when he, that music started and he came up through the entrance the same way he did in AEW and he was the American Nightmare, that to me personally was, I marked out the most at WrestleMania over anything else because it was the one thing, even though I was expecting Cody, I was not expecting Hit. I was I was hoping, but I wasn't expecting him to have the same character he had in AEW, and the same music and everything. And I was literally giddy. I I think I was jumping up and down. I was so excited. And the positioning of him right now, like I think he's going to be a big deal. I expect him to probably be wrestling for the wwe title at SummerSlam, um maybe winning it maybe not but that's way higher up the card than he would have been if he'd stayed in aw and i think this is what he wanted when he left scott and i talked about this like way back before cody was even thinking about leaving the whole point of him leaving wwe was not to create a new company or to you know change the business or anything like that his, his the whole reason he left was to become a bigger star and to come back and basically become what he always wanted to be. And that's where he is right now. And, and I think he's living his best life.
0: Yeah, you can tell. I think he had a great first week back in WWE. We did the cupping of the ear meme from WWE mm-hmm. headquarters of all places. So he's living it up and I'm happy for him. I loved his run in AEW. Even the Cody verse stuff that got incredibly confusing towards the end. I dug it because I did not know what he was going to do next. And I think being in WWE is a fresh start for him. He's more over now than he ever was before. That entrance was absolutely Everything it gave me chills legit and I kept seeing it over and over and over again for the last few days and I never thought I would love the words adrenaline in my soul like oh my god I feel it I feel the Uh lyrics now it's so prophetic in a lot of ways but I think he's going to do very well in WWE and he's going to be a top tier star vying for the championship very very soon he's not going to get it immediately but it's all about the story and he's not done with Seth Rollins either I can see them feuding at WrestleMania Backlash and eventually Hell in a Cell because hell Cody's got to bleed at some point and what better place than (laughs) Hell in a Cell in Chicago in a couple of months time but now we got to talk about Ezekiel yeah who looks strangely like L.A. Knight for some reason. <laughs> so Kevin Owens comes out to cut a promo about how he underestimated Stone Cold Eve Austin, but it was because of him that he made that match great. And quite frankly, he's right. He bumped like hell, sewed his ass off and gave us a show during the main event of night one. But as he cut this promo, we see someone come out by the name of Ezekiel. And it took me two seconds to look at him and say, oh, my God, that's Elias without a beard. And my God, the beard did wonders for Elias. This faceless person here without the beard, not so much. Looks like generic wrestler number two from 2K22. But he comes out there and claims that he is Elias's younger brother, Ezekiel. Elias has been declared dead for the last few months. And Kevin Owens was great, saying are you Elias? Is that you? And Ezekiel says, no, I am Elias's younger brother, Ezekiel. And Kevin Owens is not buying any of this. And it's very strange that Kevin Owens' first post-WrestleMania feud is against Ezekiel, a.k.a. Elias, a.k.a. LA Knight 2.0. But I'm intrigued by this character. It's just wacky out there and unexpected. So I'm here for the strangeness. I want to see how far WWE will go with it. And if Elias ever pops up again via Ezekiel who's now overtaken the Twitter account of the dearly departed Elias from WWE. So Paul, what are your thoughts on Ezekiel's re-debut to WWE TV looking like a longer haired version uh, of LA
2: night? Yeah. Like, I I mean, I, 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 I think they should have just brought in La Knight and said he was his brother. My favorite part of this was when they talked about it on NXT, and Wade was like Ezekiel, I teamed up with him in the core, <laughs> <laughs> and then Wade was like, no dummy did you even watch raw (laughs) it's 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 elias and he's like oh yeah yeah i I was i was making some food or something i was just cracking myself up that was almost my guilty pleasure um i uh i i think this is interesting and i i kind of wonder if maybe they're gonna like are they gonna somehow try to like have elias you know show up and then you know with the long hair and the beard and you know i don't know how they do that or maybe eventually they do bring in LA Knight and you know now he's Ezekiel um because man like the, the the resemblance is uncanny uh but then as soon as uh Ezekiel starts talking and he's got that lisp and um you just you know and and so yeah he's LA Knight without the charisma or you know with a little bit longer hair um it's interesting I mean there there we saw a lot of name changes in WWE this week and uh, we'll get into a lot of them I'm sure but uh this one was uh definitely the the most weird
0: Yes. Walk (laughs) with Ezekiel. Does not have the same ring to it as walk with Elias.
2: Maybe maybe we run with Ezekiel.
0: Perhaps. A good possibility. But the only way to play this would be if Ezekiel grows out his hair more and more by the week the beard becomes more pronounced and he morphs back into Elias and there's no more denying it. If WWE plays it that way, we'll see. But it's intriguing. So, Scott, what are your thoughts on the return or the re-debut of Ezekiel but he's not Elias, but he looks like LA Knight.
1: Um, oh, <laughs> I, <laughs> um so I'm I'm kinda torn on it. Uh more so not really feeling it because uh, you had Kevin Owens main event, WrestleMania, with Stone Cold Steve Austin, only to come out for the Raw after WrestleMania. And have an awkward stare down with Rhea Ripley on the way out. By the way, well, you know I I, I want to mention that I, I hope there's something there. I, I you know because there was not only retweeted by WWE but there were eyeballs there. So I hope there's something there with this Rhea Ripley Kevin Owens stare down thing. But um, and then he gets confronted by Ezekiel. Um, who, man, um. I I really am kind of flabbergasted at this entire thing. And what's even more confusing is that Ezekiel is going to get over. This guy is going to get over. The crowd was already kind of getting behind him a little bit in this segment. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to play out a lot like, you know, how Damian Sandow with Ms. Dow played out. And I, I would not be surprised if he's getting really good reactions in like, you know a month or so now if unless they start like killing him dead if they start killing him dead then obviously there's nothing he can do about that but if they let this story genuinely play out I I think it can get a huge reaction and if it does go the way Keila says where it's him just letting it all grow out and maybe he just doesn't look in a mirror then he looks in a mirror somebody gives him a guitar and you know he strums that one strum and you know bam he remembers who he is I think that would get a huge reaction because people forget he was really over. Like, his match quality is what was holding him back. But him as a character, that guy was getting some of the best reactions every night he came out. He was able to control the crowd. He had people chanting all of his catchphrases. I mean, he had everyone in the palm of his hand. He just couldn't get the in-ring down. I think he's the only good match. Maybe against Seth Rollins. I think he had one good matching as Rollins on Raw. Because the only other thing I remember him about him in the ring is he knocked out Finn Balor one night. I think with a forearm or something. But I mean, character-wise, he was that. So I think he's gonna get over. I just hope they don't kill him dead. Let it, let this let this build a little bit. You don't have to have a main event star every time you debut somebody. He could be a solid lower to mid card act who can just be a fun baby face. So I, I think you could play it out, but. Man, for Kevin Owens to go from stone cold to Ezekiel, it's a hell of a fall
0: yes, it's not the best bounce back, but he'll make it work somehow, some way. And I do want to point out one more Elias match. It was pretty good. It was the 2019 King of the Ring tournament. He faced off against Mustafa Ali. That was his second best match in WWE. And then he broke his ankle during the match. So that was unfortunate, but that was his only that was his only other match that I thought stood out in WWE thus far besides the Seth Rollins match. And he's hoping during his timeout, he has improved in the ring because without that, then the gimmick can only take you so far, as he was hoping, he's bell to bell better than he was when Elias was declared dead a few months ago. Next up is Omas having a new mouthpiece in the form of mvp because at wrestlemania bobby lashley defeated omas for the first time ever and this is the first time omas ever eaten the pin in wwe and mvp came back to introduce bobby lashley for accomplishing this feat, and bobby lashley was very proud of his accomplishments omas comes out and from behind mvp attacks his good friend bobby lashley and he aligns with omas now on paper I like the idea of MVP being a mouthpiece, but on the other hand, we're kind of booking backwards here. Bobby beat the guy clean at WrestleMania. You're going to run it back at WrestleMania Backlash? I don't know if that's going to work. And despite MVP's greatness on the mic, you can't make Moss better in the ring because you talk him up. He's very limited in what he can do. He's not the best seller. His wrestling is very, very rough around the edges. When AJ Styles cannot carry you to a good match, that's not a good sign. Bobby barely could do it at WrestleMania. So despite how big you talk him up he's got to deliver in the ring and it's kind of a waste of time now knowing that Bobby beat the guy at Wrestlemania what else can he possibly do besides beat him again and the one thing you don't want to have Bobby do is go 50 50 with a guy that you decisively beat at Wrestlemania so Scott what are your thoughts on this alliance between MVP and Omos and what is next for Bobby Lashley besides another feud with Omas and not quite the WWE championship picture once again
1: Man, I I'm really high on it actually. I I really like this pairing of MVP with Omas. and I thought it was interesting that MVP got very physical during this beatdown. Hit a lot of his, hit his finisher, hit a lot of big moves and I'm wondering if maybe instead of Omos being the, you know, the in-ring focal point, maybe MVP starts getting back in the ring. You know, maybe Omos starts mm-hmm. doing the The damage outside the ring before the matches. MVP just goes in there, hits a couple big moves, and gets a couple pins, and we start building heat that way. Um, So that's one way you could do it. Um, Another way is you could, I mean, you could easily go back to doing a tag team, which is, I think, where Omos is going to shine the most. And MVP can really not only limit his in-ring work if that's you know, what he's trying to do and not overexert himself, but he still gets to talk and do what he does best and use that gifted gab and Omas is limited in the ring. When Omas was getting over... He wasn't in the ring all the time for five, 10 minutes. You know, he was, he was going in there one, two big moves and pulling out a different move every week for a while there. That's what was getting him over. You can go back to the basics with MVP. You can go back to the tag division. You can go back to maybe just MVP doing his thing, having Omos be the big distraction. MVP can get some cheap wins. Or MVP can have Omos beat him all the way, and MVP is the one who gets the, t- you could do with the title, kind of with MJF, Wardlow type thing. You could do that very similar with MVP and Omos. You just don't have Omos do a lot. That's that's the key to him, because he's, he's not ready for that. And he may not be a top-tier main event guy, but he's somebody that you can use a babyface he can use as a mountain for a baby face to climb. And I think he was good for Bobby Lashley and Keila, You're absolutely right. Bobby Lashley cannot go 50, 50 with Omos after this win. He's you have to put him against Roman Reigns. I mean, you beat Omos, the undefeated, unstoppable monster. Roman Reigns has to be your next stop. I mean, that's the logical thing to do. He should have came out and confronted him on Monday night. Um, I, because I, I do not want to see that match at WrestleMania Backlash. and Because if we do, we know what's going to happen. And that's just a waste of a nice win for Lashley that really could elevate. Using, Omos really could elevate Lashley by beating him the way he did decisively. And it could really elevate him to Roman Reigns. But if he goes 50-50, I don't really want to see that matchup anymore.
0: No. And all I could think about is the fact that we could have had the Hurt Business feuding against the bloodline post-WrestleMania if they cared about Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander against the Usos, if he had Bobby versus Roman is right there for the taking and mm-hmm. you got Paul Heyman, you got MVP. Boom. There you go. But they broke them up last year. Tried to tease a reunion last fall and they botched that too. When you had the new day, the Usos, Roman Reigns right there. And they screwed it up and it makes me very unhappy, but here we are. So Paul, Despite all Mm -hmm. my dreams being dashed and shitted on by WWE, what are your thoughts in the present tense of MVP aligning with Omos and leaving Bobby Lashley behind after a very fruitful partnership over the last couple of years?
2: Um, I, I mean I was surprised uh, although you know I like Scott's idea of MVP as you know a kind of as a partner and a mouthpiece as opposed to just being a manager and uh, while he was talking I looked it up and he's actually wrestled a lot more than you probably would think um, he's had 38 matches in WWE huh. in the last like two years so you know and that's like you know part of that's during the pandemic so um, you know he He's, he And he's 48, but, you know, I don't think he's got a lot of miles on his body because, you know, he was inactive for a lot of that time. And he, um, you know, he still looks good. He, I mean, he doesn't look 48, probably looks 10 years younger. And for him, I think being in a tag team with Omas is is perfect. And, you know, he was doing that with Lashley as well for most of those 38 matches. And, um, you know, I think that's a perfect way to kind of bring Omas up. It's what he was doing with AJ, but um you know AJ is a guy that you know people i think kind of always wanted to cheer even though he was being portrayed as a heel and this would be you know your classic you know, um, big big monster guy and and MVPs, you know, in there to to take the punishment for the team, and then Omos gets a win. I think they could be tag team champions, honestly. Um, you know, I, I I think Randy Orton and him have a little bit of chemistry the few times that they've kind of mixed it up, and Riddle can just take a pounding from both guys on the team. Like for me, that you know, I, I see that going, but I do think like probably what we're gonna see at WrestleMania Backlash, I feel, is probably a handicap match with Mm -hmm. Bobby Lashley against MVP and Omos Um, and then you know we see where they go from there and if Bobby Lashley wins again probably pinning MVP then he moves on to face Roman uh, or maybe you know fight wrestling for the new Raw championship uh, or as I assume they'll split the titles up at some point
1: I like that idea
2: yeah
0: yeah very good ideas we'll see how it goes but I just want Bobby to be booked strongly after WrestleMania backlash maybe pin MVP Don't pin on Moss again if you want to protect him long term. But I don't want Bobby Lashley joining the 50-50 booking club because that would suck. He's too good for it at this point. And now we must turn our attention to Edge and Damian Priest. What a polarizing segment this was. So for two and a half hours, this Dallas crowd was very quiet. They were respectful in some cases, dry in other cases. But here they decided to show their entire ass saying, we are losers. We don't care about Damian Priest's promo. This sucks. And, you know, I'm not here for the boo birds and the jeers and the pushback, but I... Am not filling this faction thus far. And I love Edge and I really like Damien Priest. And I think if they workshop this enough, this can work. But in his current form, I think nobody was ready to boo Edge just yet. You beat up AJ Styles and then you say you're God. How, when, where, how? Tell me. I don't get it. And we brood and there's dark lighting and the purple spotlight's fine and then it goes blue and it aggravates me to no end. And Edge speaks a mumbo jumbo that I don't care for. Damien Priest needed the switch up, but the dialogue I'm not feeling right now. The presentation is a bit off and I hate to be blasphemous, but it's giving me nightmare collective vibes from the early days of mm. AEW and I need Edge to get a hold of Cody Rose and talk to him about why that did not work after two or three months so Paul what are your thoughts on Edge and the Damian Priest presentation thus far and what can be done to avoid those dare I say wish House of Black vibes that was hit courtesy of Brody King earlier this week
2: oh man you hit a nerve there um, I uh, so like like the Cody promo I had heard a lot about this before I actually got a chance to watch it myself including this, you know the Brody King tweet and for me like I didn't really see House of Black in this at all um, it was more like I mean you mentioned Nightmare Collective eh, I could kind of see that um, for me it was more like Seth Rollins and his Messiah character um, but just taken a little bit more literally like the edge Act Actually, you know, like with with Seth, it was always kind of in tongue in cheek and nobody actually believed it. Whereas in this case, Edge is like truly believing that he is some sort of a a deity. And I think what it is, is it's kind of a natural extension of his original character, um, even before The Brood, you know, where he was like roaming the streets and it was kind of like vampire-ish. And even Damian Priest kind of had that in early NXT. So the pairing of these two makes a lot of sense. Um, I I didn't care for the promo at all. Um, I don't like the presentation. I love the music. Um, and and I think it fits the character like really, really well. And it's, it's hard to, it's, it's easy not to cheer him, I guess, is, a, is the best way to put it. Um, whereas I think with the old music, like even if you try to turn him heel and playing that music, like people are just going to have that Pavlovian response and cheer. And in this case, I think it's very easy to like react either not at all or to boo him. Um, I th- I don't think we've seen the last of people in this group. I think uh, I've heard rumors of Maria Ripley. And I think the um, this tag team match that we're going to see on Monday is probably going to set something up for her. Possibly even Tommaso Ciampa. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll see, um, you know, and, and then there's other people that, you know, they're kind of aren't really doing a whole ton of a lot with right now that they could possibly throw into there if they decide they want to do that. So I'm curious to see where they're going to go. But I mean, early returns are I'm not super excited about it.
0: No, this needs some workshopping. And hopefully Edge realizes that it has potential. I do love the idea of. Of a cult of vampires running rampant on Monday Night Raw. It sure as hell beat zombies from last year, but I just want yeah. this to be cleaned up, edited, refined a bit, and get rid of the blue spotlight that irritates me to no end. Cut on the goddamn lights, but Scott, your thoughts on the presentation of Edge and Damien Priest far, courtesy of wish.com.
1: Well, my whole thing is, if we are going to do the vampires and, you know, we're going to bite your neck thing, how haven't they called Shayna Baszler? I mean, we all know she likes to take a chunk of skin out every time she gets an opportunity, right? I just asked Becky Lynch about that. Um, So, this, I I don't know, man. I I don't think it's a wish version of, of House of Black, though, especially when you're calling like I don't I don't know how edge is a wish version of anything but you know that's more of a shot at Brody King than anything because you know, <laughs> I got a lot of pushback for got a lot of pushback for that one but uh you did <laughs> <laughs> I got I mean, maybe not as much as you but I got a little bit of pushback <laughs> for that one um you know because I'm, I'm just like how is how is edge a wish version of anything well, that's that's a whole nother um topic um the the gimmick is fine. I don't I don't think it should have been a live promo. I think this should have either been a one on one, you know, weird setting sit down where they just kind of talk about it in front of each other. Or this should have just been a video package highlighting it, maybe with some voiceover work from Edge and Damian Priest. And then you end with the shot of them two together saying, you know, we'll explain our actions when we're finished, you know, recruiting our team or something along those lines. But it shouldn't have been live in person. It shouldn't have been in front of the audience, especially with the reaction that the match got at WrestleMania in front of that hot crowd. You know, like I, I think that should have been the first kind of, you know, maybe warning sign that, hey, maybe we should kind of take it easy and slow down at introducing this new side of edge, you know, especially if we're going to bring Damian priest in, let's let that simmer a little bit. Let's let that seep in. We're going to show, we're going to recap every single match at some point during raw anyway. So they're going to see what happened. Let's let that seep in. Just play a video package, maybe edge, or maybe even just Damian priest cuts a video, uh, a video promo, something like that. But it just shouldn't have been in front of the live audience. Um, I like, I hope the group does expand. Like, I don't mind there being more factions because I don't think there is a truly evil faction in WWE, and that's something that that's missing is that real bad guy, you know, bad girl faction that they just don't have that. And the Edge can be that, and the music change is good. Damian Priest looks more like a bad guy with the thick five five o'clock going on. Rhea Ripley would be great because I've been calling for her to you know destroy her. I'm sick of her being in tag team, so I'm ready for her to get rid of Liv Morgan. Um, and if even if not her, Nikki Cross is right there. I mean, she is right there, ready to go psycho on somebody and let it go and let that thing fly, let that hair go, put your water on it, go crazy, start shaking the ropes again. I mean, she would be perfect for this group. There are people that would be per- Dominic Dijakovic what's he doing mm. bring that big guy into this group i mean why not bring a guy that you know is is waiting to unleash some anger and some darkness that's a guy right there he's just been sitting around doing nothing you know he's got some anger to get out there are people you can put in this group that will be like okay let me see what you do here so they they have to be smart about who they are. champa wouldn't be bad but i'd much rather champa be a baby face and do his thing You know, I'd much rather him be the psycho killer. Give me somebody who's not being utilized.
0: I love all of that. The T-Bar one definitely is a good one. I want Dominic Dijakovic back, and that would be the way to do it. And I just dig the idea of this faction having a lot of people who've been underserved on the main roster get some shine with Edge, who will see the value in them to be stars, and they can be able to hold their own in his absence because i don't expect him to be here full time every single week eventually this crew has to fly free on their own but i do love those ideas i just think the idea itself needs to be workshopped a bit more with a clearer mission statement because the music is great the purple lighting is fine dishes ditch the blue spotlight and we'll be good to go but doing in front of a live crowd that was already tired after four days and they were not here for it. It was very disrespectful saying, we don't care, Damien Priest. Well, you have to say, we don't care. We're losers. And they said that with their whole chest. And I did not like that very much. But at the same time, the material that Edge was given to recite wasn't it either. So I can understand the pushback when it came to the promo and the presentation that came with it. And now, speaking of crowds that got on my nerves, now it's time to talk about NXT 2.0. A show that has been in shambles as of late and we're going to get to all of the crowd reactions the booking in just a moment but I do want to get serious for a second and note that Nash Carter who was one half of the NXT Tag Team Champions has been released by NXT and normally these releases are not done publicly by WWE.com or social media all NXT releases are done eternally in private the news does get out and every contract has a 30 day non-compete clause attached to it so after 30 days he's Free to do whatever. And I honestly do not know his future beyond this space because he's been accused of some very serious allegations regarding domestic violence in the picture that did him in besides the abuse photos allegedly was the Hitler pic that was posted online by his estranged wife Kimberly this past week and the rumblings of this was breaking during the week heading into Stand and Deliver and when he lost an NXT to Imperium last Tuesday I thought okay this is a bellwether sign of something happening and then they win the tag team titles on Saturday and then he gets fired on Wednesday when that pic of Hitler the interpretation of that photo was released and it was just a bad all right look all the way around with that photo absolutely inexcusable and the abuse allegations are no good either and WWE is just how they handle the situation can be incredibly delicate you see the loss on one day you see them win the championships three days later it's just what do we do here how do we handle things like this moving forward because when it's done publicly like this it's trial by Twitter it never ends well both parties are going go through it on Twitter you get the death threats to harassment from both sides we got to Offenders coming out of every side, every situation, and it can get incredibly messy. So here's hoping that Ash Carter and Kimberly can handle this privately moving forward off social media because it's not the space to air out these issues unless there is no other option, which has been. Really the jumping point for speaking out, which is a good thing. But when it comes to legalities, you got to keep that privately, get your lawyers involved and go from there. So, Paul, what are your thoughts on the release of Nash Carter and how WWE has handled this entire situation from start to finish?
2: Well, I think it is really weird because as has been reported, they knew about the photo um, like a week before they fired him, and then, you know, when his uh, estranged uh, ex started making, you know, um, you know, noise about it, um, you know, first with the abuse allegations, and then, you know, retweeting the photo after it had already been tweeted and deleted, uh, you know, then they just they decided to cut him. and And I, like most people, you know, assumed that oh, this probably has to do with the abuse allegations, and then we find out no, it's it's about the. Um, it's about the, the, the Hitler photo. Um, I, I mean, it just makes you wonder like, why did they even put the tag team titles on, on them? I mean, I was questioning that anyways. Um, you know, like it didn't seem to make any sense on the surface to put the titles back on MSK. They seem to be building towards the creeds winning the titles. And I mean, and I, I fully expect them to win them this coming Tuesday, um so, you know, it's like this whole stand and deliver, like, I don't even like know what it even accomplished. Like they've they've just basically undone everything that they did on that show, uh, other than Mandy Rose um retaining the women's title. So I uh yeah, I mean I think I think they're just looking at this situation like this is a guy that we he's just not worth the trouble, uh, the potential trouble and whether or not he did what he's accused of doing, he definitely used some bad judgment in, uh, taking that photo to begin with and then tweeting it out or Snapchatting or whatever the heck he did with it. Um, and, uh, you know, and I I think, I don't think we're going to be seeing him anywhere else anytime soon, because I think he's a little toxic at this point. Indeed. Very, very tough situation, very toxic situation as
0: well. So, Scott, what are your thoughts on the Nash Carter release from NXT and WWE handling the situation dating back to last Tuesday when the rumbling started on social media and it continued through set and deliver and it continued through NXT this past Tuesday. So WWE was aware of all of this happening and they made these decisions nonetheless.
1: Yeah, it's 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 a really troubling situation all around. I mean, because you have Wesley's wife, you know defending Nash Carter on Twitter and I mean that's kind of putting Wesley in the middle of all this too so like what's going to happen to him you know Nash Carter gets released what happens to Wesley he's still he's still there you know are they going to release him is he going to ask for his release i mean what so there's i mean there's a whole you know storm of stuff that's still to come and you know or at least i am expecting to because hopefully this is going to the authorities like Hopefully this isn't something that is just a a Twitter thing just to put out there on Twitter just for everyone to see. Look how terrible of a person he is. If this dude is a bigot and a, a, a abuser like that, then he needs to then there needs to be some type of legal ramifications. This doesn't need to be like you said, Kilo, this doesn't need to be a trial by Twitter. That's not what Twitter is. Twitter is not the judge and jury. If if this dude is what they say he is, then let's 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 take care of that and I'm not I'm not even now this isn't like a going going for her or saying that she's wrong for not doing that but everyone is seeing this so if this is true and it maybe doesn't need to be her but somebody needs to go to the authorities and they need to get involved and we need to go ahead and take care of this I mean as simple as that and that needs to be the end of it as as far as I'm concerned like I the longer this drags out and and stuff like that like I'm very curious about what's going to happen with Wesley because I I feel like he's going to he's going to get shafted in some way for this. They were already getting booed for stuff as it was. So now how is Wesley going to get, you know, reacted to if he ever gets to come back on NXT? So this whole thing is just a mess that I hope whatever help or whatever needs to get done gets taken care of and you know, I you know, I, I I'm I'm done with this whole thing cuz this whole thing is just a mess.
0: Yeah. And the ping ponging back and forth, I just get irritated when someone might have like a counter argument saying, oh, my God, and he's innocent. Like, I I can't say. I can't say one right, way or the other. Right. It's confusing. Like we take sides and we want to do what whataboutism. It's like, it's not the place for us to litigate that on Twitter. If you have to speak out to get your point across when you reach a breaking point, then in some cases you got to do what you got to do. But after that, it's time for the law to get involved and get lawyers lawyered up on both sides to see what we can do to remedy the situation. If there needs to be legal action against him, if he did those things, then you got to handle that privately. We cannot have trial by Twitter It never works cuz every other day it's someone else defending somebody and then you get death threats and you get harassments it's never a pretty ending and I know from someone that knows their relationship indirectly that it was kind of built on toxicity to begin with so it's just a situation that I don't want to know about publicly at this point handle it privately and go from there whenever legal documents are free and able for the press to talk about then let's go from there but he lost his job Wesley had to relinquish tag team titles now they will be up for grabs this Tuesday but it's a very damning situation for everybody involved than WWE you knew what was up a week ago and you went ahead and gave them the titles nonetheless which was a choice and in hindsight it wasn't necessarily a good one but now you got to deal with it with new champions come Tuesday as we dive into the rest of NXT 2 and as Paul mentioned I got up after watching the Hall of Fame after watching Pastor Taker talk for an hour and I went to sleep I wake up (laughs) I wake up I'm like, okay, I'm I'm excited for Stand and Deliver, and I watch it for two and a half hours, and we see everything they've done basically come undone in the span of three days, starting with Braun Breaker losing to Dolph Ziggler in the main event of Stand and Deliver, then he wins back the NXT Championship. On Monday Night Raw against Dolph Ziggler in front of a dry crowd and WWE's line of thinking is, well, it's in front of a bigger crowd, a crowd that's tired after four days of WrestleMania, after four Undertaker ovations, after Cody Rose shows back up, after Stone Cold retires for a night. They're bone tired and this audience does not fully know Braun Breaker. So they're not going to pop for him like they usually would on, let's say, NXT who I'll get to shortly regarding their behavior. <laughs> so I just thought like, why even do say and deliver on Saturday, do the damn show on Thursday in front of a bigger audience on a better night and not drag us through this matinee. That does not mean a whole lot in hindsight. I'm happy that Braun got the championship back, but damn, the way they went about it was a waste of my time Scott's time, Paul's time, all of our time watching a show that meant nothing in hindsight. So, Scott, what are your thoughts on Braun Breaker winning back the NXT Championship on Monday Night Raw, the night after WrestleMania, no less?
1: I, I thought it did him a real disservice. Um, I, I genuinely think that did Braun a real disservice to do that, to not only and to put him out there in front of that crowd. Like, at least how it came off on TV, man, like it it did not sound good for him. and. That's not the reaction you wanted. You 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 had the opportunity to put him in front of a crowd that people knew him and knew what they were getting when they saw him. When, and we've talked about this on the show before, it's not necessarily that same crowd for NXT and, and Raw. And so you have to you have to take that into consideration. People are going and it's not even like it was advertised. Like this was really an I mean a late edition match. So it's it's a it's a baffling thing, and I've said on this show like Braun Breaker's is a guy that you shouldn't be able to mess up. Well, hey, mm. WWE has missed two layups right now with Braun Breaker, and then they've just been able to get the rebound because Braun Breaker does a great job boxing everybody else out, so you, he just clears the way. But you you can't keep missing these bunnies, like you 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 just can't keep missing bunnies right at the rim. That's just too easy. You had the opportunity to give him that big victory over Dolph at Stand and Deliver, and if you weren't, and you and then it's time to call him up and let Dolph have a run with the belt for whoever you're going to build up next. But this 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 potato back and forth, and we're going to get to it later. This rush booking just to get the match with Gunther on the card. Like I, I'm not happy with what's going on with Braun Breaker and the matches weren't even that good on top of it with Ziggler of all people. And I don't even know if that was Braun Breaker's fault because he had a good match with Gunther. So, But this whole thing is the booking 2.0 has not been good as far as his decision making the last maybe month, month and a half. And it was one of the best better book shows WWE had done for a while when it really got into a groove. And now it's like they don't know what happened. Like The GPS just shut off and they don't know which way they're supposed to turn. They're at a fork in the road and don't know what to do.
0: -hmm. They're confused on all sides. And I'm looking at Dolph Ziggler like, sir, what happened on Saturday? Because I accused you of sandbaggery. And on Monday, I'm like, okay, now I'm thinking to myself, did Chompa carry you and bronze to that match for that championship or Roblox? I'm looking at you, sir, because both matches were just, I. And I'm glad that Braun got the belt back, but I'm tired of WWE making me second guess. Is he coming up or not when he didn't win on Saturday, wins on Monday in a match that did not mean a whole lot in front of a crowd that does not know Braun Brucker like that. So choices by WWE, once again, not good ones. So, Paul, what are your thoughts on seeing Braun Burker lose on Saturday, but win on Monday when it apparently counts less?
2: yeah i just i i i I was i had no idea why you know what the point of having him lose to Dolph Ziggler on Stand and Deliver when, I mean, everything was building to him getting the win. The whole, the only reason you even took the title off him in the first place was that so he could get the big win on the big stage at WrestleMania weekend, and then they take that away. And yeah, okay, so on Raw, it's going to be seen by infinitely more people. You know, the crowd in attendance was probably three times the size, but It was a mid-card, unadvertised match as opposed to the whole focus of the show. So I think that the win would have got over way more on Stand and Deliver than it did on Raw when, you know, it was, you know, okay, now we're going to commercial break and it was never spoken of again. Um, And then he shows up on NXT and the fans are like, you know, they want Ziggler and they're, you know, you deserve it. No, you don't. And, and all this. And, um, you know, and that was, I think just them going into business for themselves, you know, for who knows what reason, but I, I, I mean, they, like Scott said, I mean, this is, they had a sure thing and maybe they still do, but their team like just, Bound and determined to try to mess it up, and I mean, you know, and I assume the reason everything got changed was because they decided to call Gunther up. I, I imagine that the the idea was to build to a match at the next big show, but then it was like, well, no, you only got him for one more show. So, you know, if you're going to do the Gunther, uh, you know, Braun match, you better do it now. And then, oh, okay, well, maybe we better give him the title then. And then it's like, okay, and we'll just pretend that Dolph Ziggler just never happened. He's back on Raw, jobbing on main event. And uh, and and that experiment's done. So, yeah, it's. Um... You know, I like that show, watching it, like Stand and Deliver. I was there live, but I mean, it it feel, you know, the booking was perplexing to say the least. Uh, You guys buried it on your uh, on your (laughs) night one show. And I was like listening to it and I was kind of mad, you know, that you were burying a show that I liked. But then when I seen the follow up, it's like, well, you know, I mean, maybe they're right. (laughs) Because, uh, you know, it's like I almost to a point now wish I hadn't even watched it. I feel for people that bought a ticket in hindsight.
0: I feel really bad for people that bought a ticket to see a show that was rendered pointless. And I kind of yeah. felt bad going in on the show, but in hindsight, preemptive burial. It was justifiable in the end. But yeah, this really goes to what the hell is going on in NXT 2.0 lately, which segues into the fans. So these fans on Tuesday decided to show their entire ass in Orlando, Florida. And they started off the jump with Braun Breaker saying, We want Ziggler, not my champion. Like, what in the hell is going on here? Cameron Grimes, you deserve it. No, you don't. We want Ezekiel. Like, what are we doing, fans, that don't even pay a ticket to get into the building? You waste gas money in this economy to drive down to Orlando every Tuesday night. And you get on a shuttle bus from full sail to this building to sit your ass down and do what exactly? Not enjoy yourself for two hours. If you don't like this program anymore, if you don't like the direction it has been this way for almost seven months, if you don't like it, don't show up. I'm sure people in the queue want some tickets to NXT 2.0. Let the fans that really want to go there, go see the show for what it is. You're just deliberately pissing over a show That doesn't deserve it. Now, the booking is a different story, but when you are deliberately sabotaging your stars that you are supposed to say they are NXT, we are NXT, I think it's a slap in the face to everybody that goes in the ring and tries to entertain you every single week. I feel for those that really go there to have a good time and they got to shout down a pocket full of idiots out there that don't want to be there, then don't go don't take away their experience and don't deprive my viewing experience of watching a show that I should enjoy, but I can't because you are deliberately trying to shit over everything. Now, there are some things to shit over appropriately, Index and Derja. You could poop on that. Go ahead all day, every day. That was the one thing you could have pooped on, but everything else, not so much. So Scott... What are your thoughts on these fans? If I can even call them that going into business for themselves this past Tuesday on
1: 2.0, some of the worst fans I've I've ever heard. I mean, it, as far as reaction goes, the fans aren't terrible, but just trying to make the show about yourself, man. And it's, it, it almost just seemed like they were intentionally rooting for the people you weren't supposed to be rooting for. And the tipping point for me was the Cameron Grimes thing. Like, what what possibly could they have done booking wise him personally? like what could he have done to get booze like how, how are you booing Cameron Grimes like even when he said he did it for his pop you could still see people in the back like pointing their thumbs down and stuff and it's I mean it's one thing to to boo the character and stuff but when he like that's a real thing like his, his pop didn't die in storyline you know what I'm saying like that's a real thing into I I just don't understand the, like you said, why would you buy a ticket to, why would you go somewhere to hate watch? What, what, I mean, gas for me, and I'm sure it's more expensive in other places, gas right now is $5 a pop you know, five a gallon. That that ain't something that's growing on trees. I'ma tell you what, if I go somewhere, I'm gonna go park right here and then I'm gonna walk a couple blocks and hit all the stops I need to get to. And I'm only driving one other place and that's back home. These people driving to a show just to be like, yo, I can't wait to boot camp and Grimes today when he cuts <laughs> his promo. This is gonna be awesome. Like this is this is what people are doing. Like, come on, man. This this used to be the most for me like the most reliable show of the week for WWE. Like because Raw was <laughs> you didn't know what you were gonna get in that three hour, you know, fiasco. Smackdown was always hit or miss with some good stuff, but NXT, you knew what you, you knew you were gonna get a solid show with some newer talent getting better. And you were gonna be a part of that journey. That's the that's the the kind of the mystique of, of NXT is you get to be a part of this journey watching and being part of these guys and girls grow up in front of your eyes, but then to see them get sabbath like Braun's been getting solid reactions and now all of a sudden we want Ziggler and stuff. Like if Ziggler would have showed up, people wouldn't have cared. Like the only reason they cared is because it's Braun. Like if let Ziggler go and beat Gunther and see if they keep cheering him like that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Let him go and super kick Gunther and see if he keeps getting that. We want Ziggler chance. It's, it's an intentional thing. MSK has been going through it for a while, but maybe there might have been some some fire to that smoke. But that's a whole other thing. We talked about that anyway. But so I, the the reactions are very disappointing. And you know, like Keila said, it, if you want to go to hate watch, man, that's just really a waste of space.
0: Really is. So can we call Cody and say, can you can we do NXT 2.0 for the Nightmare Factory? Can QT commission that <laughs> to move things to Atlanta temporarily? It would be better than what we're seeing in Orlando. And I've been saying, get the hell out of Florida for a very long time. And that hit its its peak for me this past Tuesday. I hated this audience. I really did. I'm not blaming everybody, but from those who I did hear from, go to hell. So, Paul. (laughs) <laughs> what are your thoughts on this very shitastic crowd of people in some cases just absolutely taking a shit on this show and we're not going to absolve the show from blame but when you are deliberately being an asshole from the opening segment before matches take place i'm going to call you out for it
2: yeah i, I you know and we got to watch what we say here because uh i think uh There's at least one person in the fight game media group that actually attends these shows. Uh, hopefully she is not one of the people that were, uh, trying to sabotage the show um you know it's one thing when you know you've got you know like the the wwe fans let's say you know like three four years ago uh just before the pandemic when you know things were looking really rough right before E W started and people were just unhappy with the whole direction of the company and the fact that they were pushing roman reigns down your throat even though he wasn't really connecting on the level that he does now um and and you know so they were basically just going to reject anything that was put in front of them. That is not the case here with this NXT. Like Scott mentioned, you know, it's been well booked for the most part. These characters are starting to get over. Um, this crowd, honestly, up until this week has always been like one of the most reliable crowds. Like they'll they'll just eat it up. And I've in the past called them like lemmings. I've called them weirdos. I've, you know, like they're they're hopping on a bus and driving to this, uh, this place in the middle of nowhere. They're getting tested. Like, you know, I don't know if they have to get tested anymore, but it's a problem. Process to get to these shows and 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 they are they were the most loyal fans they would just cheer everyone they were supposed to they'd boo everyone they were supposed to and now all of a sudden they've decided uh you know what or some of them anyways have decided we're just gonna take over the show ourselves because we're the stars now and uh, it, it's a little reminiscent of the old full sale days but but at least in those cases, they were consistent, and you knew what who they were going to boo and who they weren't. Like like you said, there, there were so many times here. There is zero reason to boo Braun Breaker. There's zero reason to boo Cameron Grimes. You know, if it was Dexter Loomis and he was, you know, if you want to boo Joe Gacy, you fill your boots. You know, if they mm-hmm. try to Andre Chase. You know, like, you know, and we didn't see him this week, but, you know, they're the and maybe we should have saw this coming because they're the same weirdos that made this guy a baby face, um, you know, chanting chase you and all this stuff. So uh, maybe this was coming for a while and we just didn't see it until this week. But I hope that maybe this is the kick in the pants they need to get this thing out of there and start letting them run. You know, I don't know. You tape it before Raw or Smackdown or, you know, or just let them run little buildings in Florida and tape it. But get it out of this place because you know what this should have been the last straw. Like you know, you know, we're doing you a favor, letting you come attend this thing. And I mean I'm not really, but I'm pretending like I'm WWE. And you're gonna do this to our show? Well, screw you, you're not gonna get our show anymore. And I hope that's what happens. I don't think it will, but I hope it does. Listen, at this
0: point, let's build NXT at Thunderdome. And, get, oh, and just, just ban everybody. And I feel for the fans out there that really want to go there and have a good time. But we jumped the shark this week with the crowd reactions and there is no going back. So I just feel bad for those who really wanted to have a good time. And they had to boo down idiots for two hours. That is not fun. And it takes away from everybody's enjoyment, whether you're there live or you're watching from home. But as I mentioned... We're not going to let this show off the hook because for three weeks, the booking on this show has been absolutely asinine and it goes back to the finish of the women's Dusty Cup that drove me off a ledge. That when I did my NXT recap on my podcast, I recapped the show from the end to the beginning. That's how irritated I was with the end of that damn Dusty Cup. And it continues. We have impromptu NXT championship matches involved Involving Braun Breaker and Dov Ziggler on Monday Night Raw. We got Breaker versus Gunther on Tuesday night. We have the NXT women's tag team titles change hands on the pre-show for stand and deliver on Saturday morning. And then they switch back over on Tuesday night. It's just widely inconsistent. We got Fabian Eichner ditching Imperium for reasons we don't understand It's just booking all over the place. And I know there's a 76 year old man out there that cannot take a stunner that says, you know what? I need these people. I need these people on Friday. I get it. But my God, is there a better way to get there than all of this hodgepodge Bullshit booking that has driven this show off the rails and for all of his flaws and faults NXT was consistent it was getting to a good place and it feels like all of this good work and when you pair it with all of the bullshit from the crowd this week is coming undone a bit and I'm concerned about how we get all of this back on track after a really bad week for the multicolored brand Paul.
2: Yeah, I, I, I mean, you kind of said it all there, Kila. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't think that at this point, like they really have any idea of what they're doing or where they're going. I think they were thrown a loop by losing a lot of you know guys, guys and girls that they were building around. You know, like Raquel Gonzalez, Gunther. Um, You know, it, they break up uh, Fabian Eichner, and Marcel Bartel, and then the next thing you know, they got a fire. Um, you know, Nash, Carter Nash. And now it's like, well, you know, what do we got for tag teams? Uh, well, we're bringing in pretty deadly, except we don't know what their names are. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's a mess. And, uh, I, I think we've been real patient with this show and and honestly like the three of us are, Probably like some of the biggest defenders of the show, and you know, in the fight game group, and maybe even on Twitter and stuff. When people are shitting all over it and saying, you know, if I I don't want to watch green wrestlers on national TV, and we're like, just you know, they're they're doing good. The shows, you know, they build well. Their, their big shows almost always deliver. Um, but well, they pretty much do always deliver. And uh and now it's like, you know, we have no idea what they're doing, and and I don't think they do either. So um, I it's hard to give them pass on this one um i i just think that you know and maybe maybe they're in a process of you know triple h is back now maybe he's going to get a little more involved with what's going on and if that's the case then maybe things will turn around i don't know i I just i i'd love to be able to defend it but i just i can't
0: me either and to quote my co-host scott casey and jojo are right there the creed brothers (laughs) are right there These situations are not that complicated in order to remedy these situations. If you know a call up is imminent, just give the titles to people that are going to be there long term. So, Scott, sorry for going there, pulling that rabbit out the hat, but you're right there. So what's up with all of the bad booking on NXT 2.0 as of late?
1: I mean, it, like you, you both have hit everything on it. I mean, there's, it just doesn't make any sense, especially when they had such a good track record. Um, for me personally, at this point, uh, you know, Braun is he's already taken multiple losses, so it's not like he's this uh, unstoppable monster. So now now you really got to get me invested with the story. You know, you, you had the story of him being this juggernaut that just mowed through everybody. Even with the first loss to Champa, I can buy that as him just being a rookie and then him being like, you know what? I got it now. I, I got it now. I got it figured out. And the Ziggler thing, you know, you, you play that off of he didn't get pinned. Well, he got, then, he, then he gets pinned. You know, you don't, Now you don't have that story, which is such a great rookie story to tell. You know, where you just strap the rocket to him and he just mows through everybody. Now you got to get creative. And when I say creative, I don't mean trying to, you know, turn this into a. CSI episode where we kidnap somebody and we got to go find them in the back of somebody's basement while he's locked up. This feels like an episode of you from Netflix. I feel like, you know, they've been watching him for a while and and, and the stalker finally got him. This is, this is not what I want. Joe Gacy in the title picture is not what I want. I want Carmelo Hayes. That's who I want in the title picture. Like that's, I mean, those are the matches. Grayson Waller should be in the title picture. That's a guy who you want Braun Breaker to start getting those cheer. Well, then again, maybe not because maybe they they might mess around and turn on Grayson and turn Grayson Waller into a baby too. But it's I don't know, man. I I the only thing that I really believe in that's consistent with NXT that they don't seem to boo is Diamond Mine and Carmelo Hayes. Those seem to be the only two acts that get the reaction that's intended for like if they wanted to make Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams baby faces the crowd would be right there with them them as heels the crowd is right there with them they don't have that with a lot of other acts I think Grayson Waller is getting to the point where people are like especially with the way this crowd is as Daniel Bryan likes to put it Not Daniel Bryan not Brian Danielson <laughs> Daniel Bryan as he likes to put it they're fickled, you know, th- so there's, there's that whole thing. I wanted to make sure I was very clear about the name I chose when I said him. Um, I've already been called out on that a couple of times as well. Um, but yeah, so this is, the decisions are baffling. Hopefully they can get back on track, but without the A champion, it seems
0: like they're off the rails. Definitely. And one more honorable mention, Legado the phantasma over with this crowd mm-hmm. too. So mm-hmm. after that it's a crap shoot in terms of who's over most weeks on this show as we segue to the main event, a very unexpected main event, but a very good main event between Braun Breaker and Gunther. And this was Gunther's final appearance on NXT as he has moved on up to the main roster, which I'll get to shortly. But I thought this was a really good main event. It was caught in the ring and Gunther was the ring general in this situation. But Bron Breaker, I believe at 25 years old, is one of the best sellers in the business today because first it's a collarbone. And now this time he had me thinking, oh my God, his shoulders fucked up and he's just selling he's so good at selling and that is a cornerstone of this business selling and psychology and making sure Everything you do counts. And I thought he did a great job in this match. And Gunther is just great. And the chops were limited because they're trying to protect Braun Breaker's chest. I understand it. But I love the spear from midair by Braun Breaker to Gunther. And he wins with Gorilla Press Slam. Very impressive win for Braun Breaker. But then we get to the end of the show when Rick Steiner, newly minted WWE Hall of Famer, has been kidnapped and he's tied up and he says, Bronson his actual son's government name. I'm so proud of you. And he's a setup guy to the kidnappers joe gacy and harlan because for some reason the most compelling feud we can put together is not carmelo hayes versus braun breaker not even a kid versus braun breaker but joe fucking gacy versus braun breaker for the nxt championship and at that moment i realized this show has gone to hell but at least for the first time ever joe gacy did something truly truly evil paul
2: Yeah, he, he went, uh, the dog face gremlin went from who, who, who to, I, uh, I don't know. Like I, I'm not impressed. Uh, I just, I, I, and I shudder at what this match is going to be because I mean, Joe Gacy, you know, he's been around a while, but I haven't really been terribly impressed with him in NXT. Um, I, he's got turn the channel heat. Um, uh, maybe, you know, maybe they called something on the fly and, you know, they heard the boo birds and thinking like, I mean, if, if this crowd starts cheering Joe Gacy over Braun Breaker, like I'm shutting the show off. Um, uh, I don't have to do this show for a while now. I, you know, I don't, I'm not compelled to cover it. Um, I might just say, you know what, to hell with NXT, you know, like, uh, I, because I, I mean, I. I don't know i i hope this is just going to be like a tv match in like a week or two and this isn't like the one they're building to at whenever their next big show is i i don't know you know what that'll be they've you know probably like a spring stampede or something like that you know in a couple of weeks but um i uh, i hope the next big one yeah carmelo hayes makes the most sense to me he seems halfway a baby face now anyways um grayson waller would be another great pick um you know or even a Roderick Strong you know who uh you know I, I think he just uh had a match with um off this week that was pretty awesome on NXT UK so um yeah I uh I you know more uh trying to screw up a sure thing with with Braun Breaker and uh and taking uh the face gremlin along for the ride I I don't know
0: yeah. Well, at least checks clearing. That's what's important. You get kidnapped. Hey, he got paid. He got paid. Yeah, get, that gets some scratch. Exactly. So, Scott, what are your thoughts on the main event? And Joe Gacy, noted kidnapper, kidnapping Bronson, Rex Steiner's father. Now we can call him by his government name officially.
1: You know, when when uh, uh, Rick came on the screen or not on screen, but when you heard his voice and he was like, I'm so proud of you and all this, you know, he just got a big victory over Gunther. You know, he got to talk to the crowd, you know, getting his title back and whatnot. I genuinely thought that he was that Rick was going to be like, hey, it's time to take back the Steiner name. It's time for you to carry on the legacy of of the Steiners. We are where we're supposed to be. Now it's time for you to take your place and be the Steiner. I, I genuinely thought that is what was going to happen. And I was about to be like, here we go. The rocket strap is about to get put on him and he is about to get shot to the moon. And this name change is going to get, you know, this name change is going to help him out so much. Oh, he's a Steiner. That's a Steiner. Like, and no, instead of that, we got, you know, theater, theater class, two oh three. Um, and it was, I'm, I'm not a Joe Gacy fan. I haven't seen anything of him that has impressed me. Um, even his handstand, uh, clothesline finisher. Isn't that great? Harlan? I feel like, is just a guy you could put anybody in that spot i mean this dude before nxt started he was putting pictures up and everybody was like oh here we go there's there's brock lesnar 2.0 and nobody was even thinking about braun breaker it was all about this i don't even remember what his name parker day parker something and now there you go that's it parker brodeau but he's harlan now he's he's silent harlan the silent killer um who likes to throw brian kendrick down steps (laughs) um <laughs> grr, rah, you know i'm breaking breaking kendrick's ah um yeah so let me talk to you for a minute um harlan yeah you know like it's it's again what braun breaker man these these are not stories that are gonna work i Well, I mean, what's the end game here? Is it going to, is, are we going to do a Rick Steiner in a cage above a ring match? Is, is that what's coming here? What's the end game? These are not the stories that are going to get Braun Breaker over. Braun Breaker having to defend against the A champion. That's the stuff that is going to get people invested because regardless of how the match starts with crowd reactions, those two are good enough by the end of the match, everybody's going to be invested. Even if it's a 50-50 split, it's gonna be a strong 50-50 split that enhances the match. Let's go, mellow, let's go, break. It's gonna be something like that. And that's gonna enhance the match. It's not gonna be this booing Braun Breaker and cheering any whoever he's facing type deal, which could possibly, like you said, Paul, that could possibly happen here with Joe Gacy and I'm with you, it's going to piss me the hell off, and I don't have the luxury of taking that week <laughs> off, because me and Keela got a job to do here on Fight Game Media. So, you know, I, I I really hope that this is a short-term thing. I really hope he just... Call the cops! Call the cops! I mean, I'm just thinking logically here. If that's my pops, i I'm going to call the cops on site. You know what I'm saying? I'm directing the, the, like, the producer. Like, somebody call the cops, man. My pops is locked up. You just saw this dude throw somebody down the steps and y'all want to y'all cut the show off. Now, y'all even playing the end credits. Y'all gonna y'all cut the show off. Y'all ain't going to call the cops for me. Referee standing around. We hear Vic and, and Wade screaming in the back talking about Ezekiel, you know, instead of calling the cops for my pops. I'm pissed off.
0: Will we know I'm upset. That you know that all things at NXT, whether it's parking lot or boiler rooms, they are the most dangerous place on NXT. So, I think that Scott still Scott is going to be kidnapped too. Scott Steiner. <laughs> He's going to be locked up as well. You were talking about
1: me for a second. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought you were talking about me. I was like, hey, you know what? I do have a history of pissing people off and then messing with stuff. Rey Mysterio has already booyah my computer before. So who knows might be waiting for me when I leave my garage to go back in the house.
0: I wanted to brace yourself for that because it could have been you. You could have been next on that list to be kidnapped, right alongside Scott. Scott and Rick. So it's not too <laughs> late, but what an ending to NXT 2.0, a cliffhanger none of us wanted. As we make that transition to Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, going down live, film Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And this felt like a Smackdown after WrestleMania. Fresh faces, new names such as Gunther and the performer formerly known as Marcel Bartel, now known as Ludwig Kaiser. And I don't hate this name. I'm okay with it when you're named after one of the greatest composers of all time in Beethoven and you're named after a very famous Mario brothers character. I can accept this name change. I'm good. And I'm happy they got the call up. Where is Fabian Eichner? I hope he's not going to be lost on NXT 2.0. We got like two thirds of Imperium right there in SmackDown. And thankfully, he's on the right show. Roman Reigns is right there. We got Drew McIntyre. That's a dream match. Ricochet potential contender as well. I love them on this show. And he had a great debut against Joe Alonzo, who got absolutely demolished by Gunther. It was a beautiful sight. The Milwaukee crowd knows him as Walter and Pat McAfee says they are chanting Gunther. I love you, Pat. No, they were not chanting Gunther. They were chanting Walter. It's going to be a hard thing to shake, but I'm happy that Gunther wrestles like Walter, and hopefully he is booked properly on SmackDown, and he should be a champion very, very soon if everything goes according to plan. Scott,
1: yeah, I thought this is a, a really good debut. Um, the I I love the red. By the way, I, I thought the red was a nice color touch to really make them stand out from just the, the black. Um, I, you know, before I go into Gunther and 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 Ludwig. Um, I'd like to talk about Fabian Eichner, and I'm with you, Keila. I hope he doesn't, because I've said before during some of these tag matches, he's been able to pull off some sequences where he's hitting multiple guys with moves that you know you haven't seen since Cesaro and that you know that infamous gif that runs around the internet. Uh, so I would actually love to see him go after Braun Breaker. You know, I think he'd be a great opponent for him. I think they'd be able to do some really cool things, especially with Eichner literally being able to do anything in the ring, I think he'd be a good opponent for Braun to be able to work and get good matches out of. Um, Now back to Gunther, great debut. I, I probably honestly would have did it a little bit differently. I might've had Ludwig um, wrestle this match first, you know, get him, establish him. You can look at Gunther and you already know what the deal is. Like you, you already know what you're getting when you look at that guy. Let us let Ludwig get that nice victory there. Gunther could come in and lay one chop on him after the match, and you're like, holy hell, I can't wait to see this guy in the ring. Now you kind of build that anticipation for Gunther for those newer fans who haven't seen him while still getting Ludwig a nice victory, because I think he could be a nice player on SmackDown as well. I really hope they're not going to do some tag team gimmick with this, but I think Ludwig could be a nice, man, I I am not liking saying that name over and over again, though, but (laughs) I think he could be a nice player on SmackDown as well and have some really good matches. I thought there were times where he looked great, too. I remember there was one match uh, maybe a couple years ago, and I think Fabian Eichner got knocked out in the match, and it was like a 30-minute match, and um, he was Martel at the time. He had to pretty much go the entire match, like a handicap match. I think it was against undisputed era it might have been it might have been that world's collide match actually and he had to go like the entire match by himself and he was fantastic during it so I I, I love this combination I love the presentation that they've done uh, I like I said I would have did the introductions a little bit differently to build the anticipation for Gunther and give Ludwig that spotlight right here but I mean all in all this was this was really good and Keila, you're absolutely right Raw felt like an after credit scene. This actually felt like the next movie.
0: Yes, mm-hmm. and they needed the help. And I'm going to call him Marcel for like the next week or so, because that's what his name is. That is his government name, Marcel Bartel, and you can't trademark that. But I do adore him. He's really good. And he was a meme as Gunther was... Con- like he was conducting the orchestra and he was grooving at ringside. Like, I love him. So he needs to get in the ring, do some more stuff, because he's really talented as well. And Gunther it speaks for itself he's great he's fantastic here's hoping that wwe does not screw it up but it's wwe anything is possible so paul for at least a night gunther and ludwig by god it's marcel Bartel, damn it they had a very nice debut in all red on friday night smackdown
2: so when when they when they use the name kaiser i i was thinking of kaiser soza from usual suspects but um i googled kaiser and it's it's german emperor so i don't like for me okay now number one i would have kept the tag team together like i think that like them coming in as a three-man group would have been perfect you've got um you know bartel or uh kaiser now and eichner you know, you could leave his name alone or if they need to change it, they can change it, whatever. But those two as a tag team would have been perfect. I said all along, they could be the next bar for like the next 10 years. And then you've got Gunther as this as the uh, singles guy. Um, I, I mean, I saw Fabian Eichner live, you know, and, and I like in that whole match, like the, that four way or whatever it was, that tag team match. I thought he stood out as the best guy, you know, by far. And then, of course, you know, he's the one that doesn't get called up. So I I don't understand that at all. But whatever. Um, I think Kaiser should have been Gunther's last name, like Gunther Kaiser. You know, he's the emperor. And then, you, you know, you could have given actually Ludwig Stark you know, as they originally wanted to go. And then, you you know, you've got two, you know, names and I think it works. You know, Stark is German for strong. So, but, you know, whatever, we got what we got. Um, I agree with you guys. I I like the initial... uh presentation of this group i think they're tweaking the music a little bit because i remember when i first heard it i didn't like it and they did something to it on smackdown and it sounded better it sounded a little bit more like the original that they were using which i guess they don't want to use now because it's public domain and they got burned by the hardys uh, by using public domain music so they're not going to do that anymore um i um I, i like the the playing up the ring general aspect of it it's it's a total ripoff of christopher daniels but that's fine because he did it on the indies and and they can rip off the indies and it's like a a wish version of uh christopher daniels i guess (laughs) Uh, you know so you know but he does it way better um you know he's it's you know but it's it's exact same like it's the same outfit the same presentation the exact same gimmick it's awesome but you know nobody picks up on it uh, because you know i watched ring of honor believe it or not contrary to popular opinion um and yeah so you know i'm excited about where this this is going to go i i do think that uh you know i said earlier that i think cody's going to challenge for a title at summerslam i think i think gunther is going to be chart challenging for the other one uh, if they have to by that point I, I i do think that he's perfect for the for that company and i've just as i'm watching this glorious squash match with joe alonso who deserves some credit he had a great match with um uh veer mahan on uh, main event a couple of weeks ago and he he's done he worked aw dark a, a lot of times and uh he's he's a guy that you know they, sh- they should bring in at some point but uh he uh you know he, he did his job putting gunther over and i got excited just thinking about all the different potential matchups with him uh, on SmackDown and uh, I uh, I think he's perfect I think the new body's gonna do him well on the main roster and uh, having a guy like uh, Ludwig Kaiser um, at his side to do some of the talking because I think the promos are you know still a little bit weak and, and that other guy can talk so uh, you know I, I think it's a good act and I just wish they hadn't got rid of Eichner maybe they'll bring him in later.
0: I hope so, too. They can be a great trio going up against a bloodline, a perfect situation, The new, new day, day eventually. I just love to see them back together as a trio. And I would love to see Gunther versus Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. The chop fest they would have would be Ooh, sensational. Against Fight Club. Oh, my God. Sheamus. Right there. Like I'm I'm being Scott today. Right there. He's right there. Butch is right there. Like these match combinations would be so much fun on SmackDown if they just go there and deliver. Because Gunther and Ludwig, Marcel Bartel, they've got it. Bring on Fabian Eichner, and you got like matches that can give you months worth of material if you just simply go there and push them to the top. Here's hoping they do so on Friday nights. And speaking of pushing people and being free from someone, Matt Capatamos is free from Happy Corbin at long last. This has been teased for a bit now on SmackDown as Corbin was no longer laughing at... Matt Cap had a moss's jokes. He was unfunny heading into WrestleMania and Matt Cap won the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal and happy Corbin lost to Drew McIntyre who kicked out of his finisher for the first time of his career. And Scott is still mourning that fact. And we come to SmackDown this past Friday for happy talk and Corbin blames Matt Cap for all of this. He hops on the apron too soon. He's overexcited. So therefore it's his fault that he lost and He wants to be entertained. Corbin tells Madcap to make him laugh as if his job depends on it. And Madcap makes himself laugh by saying that Corbin is dressed for a Tommy Bahamas funeral. And the crowd pops at that. And Happy Corbin flips on Madcap. And Madcap wins the fight at ringside. In the ring, he whoops ass accordingly. And he wins the brawl. Get this. The baby face that was ambushed gets cheered And he wins the fight. It's a miracle. I cannot believe it. But I really like Madcap's potential. And despite the stupidity of this character, it did give him a chance to really express his personality, showcase something that he did not have previously on Monday Night Raw when Paul Heyman had his eyes on him a few years ago. I see the vision now. We just got a dish of suspenders and the shorts to get him in some traditional ring gear, but he looks the part. I was very happy when, oh my goodness, this guy has a nice physique. We got to push him, he's got something. And I was hoping that after he gets past Happy Corbin, presumably, at Wrestlemania Backlash he is going to be a part of the men's money in the bank ladder match in July at Allegiant Stadium give him that push and that rub to test him to see how far he can go this summer so Paul what are your thoughts on Matt Cap finally flipping on Happy Corbin after all of this time
2: Um, I mean, it felt a little early, even though they they have been setting it up for a while. Uh, But I mean, the crowd took to it. Um, I think that they wanted to cheer him for a while. I'm not sure exactly what you do with the character now, because the the deal is you're telling these bad jokes that, you know, Baron Corbin laughs at and the the crowd kind of groans and whatnot. And I mean, and the jokes that... That Baron wasn't laughing at are no worse than the ones he was laughing at. So I'm not exactly, you know, I'm not as sure. Like, is he going to be telling these bad jokes and the crowd is going to laugh ironically, or are the jokes actually going to start getting better, um, or do they just completely change the character, which I think would be a bad idea at this point because I think he's getting over in this in this character that people like just want to see him having fun, and uh, you know, he's a good wrestler, a very good wrestler, um, you know, very experienced. Um, great body, uh, you know. At some point, I guess he could ditch the whole thing and you know, and you know, kind of do, uh, you know, and instead of blaming the fans like everybody does. You know, well, I mean, he's a baby face, so he's not going to blame the fans, but he can blame Corbin and say, you know, what? I'm more than just this court jester. I'm a wrestler, and or you know, whatever. I'm a sports entertainer, um, and uh, so I'm I'm excited, uh, and I do think like you know, you look at him winning the um, the the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. And it's, it's a sign that they, you know, they have you know something in my view there's one notable exception when I look at the list of winners in Mojo Rawley I do think that they did have plans and just for whatever reason like they didn't pan out he got injured and then they just kind of lost interest but the rest of them you know Cesaro you know he had a nice career in WWE and that was eight years ago and he just got cut this year like that's not a bad career you know like he's gonna be a mid-carder but he's probably gonna get kind of a you know a lot of stop and start pushes and he'll be a guy that you know they can Throw into the IC US title mix whenever they feel like it, and maybe even get the odd world title match. And uh, you know there are worse places to be. And uh, I uh, I'm I'm interested. And then with Baron Corbin, you know, uh, you know he's a f- person the crowd generally hates he's a good worker um you know does he bring in another sidekick does he feud with madcap moss by himself i think the way wwe typically does these feuds is the babyface is going to win the first match then you know baron corbin's going to bring in some backup and then he'll win the next one and then whoever they're more behind will win the third one and and so we'll see what happens there but uh maybe somebody's coming up from nxt that's going to back up baron or maybe uh you know maybe they're done with baron for now
0: I would not complain about that in the least. I'm just happy that Madcap Mm -hmm. is able to be his own man at long last. So, Scott, what are your thoughts on Madcap flipping on Happy Corbin despite what happened at WrestleMania when Jim McIntyre kicked out of End of
1: Days? So, a couple things. First of all, Keela, you didn't have to bring that up a second time. (laughs) You know, we had already acknowledged that... (laughs) That drew it kicked out of it and and the 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 anguish that it brought me watching that. And then let me talk about Michael Cole for a second. He goes and and the biggest thing about it was he ended Baron Corbin's undefeated streak. And I'm like, no, Michael Cole. The biggest thing about it was somebody kicked out of in the days for the first time in five years for his entire career. That's the big. sorry, you got me all riled up again. You triggered something in me. You hit a trigger, you did that trigger statement again, Keely. You got got me. I'm sorry. All right. I'm back. I'm back. Um, no, this this whole thing, the Madcap turning on, on Baron, it's giving me Alex Riley Miz vibes as far as, mm. you know, I don't, and I hope it turns out better for Madcap because Alex Riley, if, I mean, if when you think back to it, he got great reactions, especially when he was turned, when he made the turn on the Miz, he got a great reaction that match he had with the Miz. He had a great reaction. And then I'm pretty sure he had one like a fatal four way for the US title, great reaction and then like nothing happened with him. You know, he was gone for a while, he showed back up on NXT, but this is kind of the vibe I'm getting for it from for better or worse and I hope I'm wrong because I've been really impressed with Madcap through kind of this entire run and he seems like he's getting more comfortable in the ring and honestly, I'm actually really rooting for him especially After what could have been a career-ending injury, he suffered in that match with Drew McIntyre. And for him to be going like he is, he won the Andre. You brought that up, uh, Paul, how they have faith in him. They see something in him. I think... You can do something with this gimmick, you know, as you can keep the gimmick. And what you, I think what you can do is you can have some of the heels come up to him. Hey, Madcap, how's it going? Tell me a joke. Tell me a <laughs> joke, Madcap, you know? And he's like, nah, listen, you know, I, I got to get, I mean, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I got to get focused for my match. I got a big match coming up. No, no, tell me a joke, dude. Tell me a joke. And then he does like he did with Corbin at the end. He's like, who, you know, who's an idiot, doesn't listen, hasn't won a match. And, you know, isn't the Andre the Giant Battle Royal winner? you know and then he he'll say that and that's something that the crowd can kind of get behind because they're like oh we know who he's talking about you know that's something that you can kind of build to and it still kind of keeps the gimmick he can still keep that happy vibe he's got a great look um yeah i i agree i don't think he's going to be a top top guy but i think he's another guy that you can he can be a solid mid card guy for this company and we know he can go in the ring the crowd was behind him at least this crowd was behind him i would have baron corbin beat him To be honest with you, in their first match, because I think, you know, I don't, I don't, Corbin needs to stay, needs to keep certain wins and stay at a certain level, you know, to kind of keep what he is. He's not a main event guy, but he's that guy right below that you put the baby faces up and they beat right before they get to that tier. So I would have him beat Madcap the first time and let that kind of be. Why Madcap's not joking as much, why he's taking things more serious. And that's really kind of the catalyst for the other heels. You'd be like, oh, let me hear that joke, Madcap. Where are your jokes at? You're not laughing no more. Like that can be the catalyst for that. And now we have a reason for the crowd to really kind of get behind him. You know, they're like, man, he's he's really going through it. Man, this he don't you don't have to go through it like that. And then, you know, they they can really and then when he gets that rematch with Baron Corbin down the road. If they can show some type of patience, you build it up down the road. Have Baron Corbin making fun of him all the time. When he does beat Baron Corbin, hopefully it's not that first match. Man, the reaction! Because when people beat Baron Corbin, people love it and they're behind Madcap. I, I think there is something here, long as they don't hit him with the Alex Riley.
0: I hope not. And let it be known that Alex Riley had great theme music.
1: Say it to my face, damn it, for real. Some of the best.
0: He was given great theme music and it worked for a grand total of three months. And then we forgot about Alex Riley. And to this day, he still won't tell us what got him fired by WWE, but he still blames John Cena. And I need a shoot interview before the end of my life to know exactly what did John Cena do well over 10 years ago, but. In any event, we're pulling for Mad Cat Moss not to be an Alex Riley in the 2022s. And now it's time to talk about a match that got Scott all wild up on SmackDown a couple of days ago. It was Liv Morgan versus Sasha Banks, and he was not pleased with the outcome of this match. And I want to give him the floor to explain himself.
1: Oh boy. I mean this Liv Morgan experience or experiment that has been going on for the last year. And Sasha Banks is the one of the only wrestlers, not not women's wrestler, wrestlers, male or female, to beat AEW in the ratings. Demo, you know, overall demo all that good stuff. Beat the demo god. Did all that. She's the one who did that, and she's the one who's in the Mandalorian. She's the one who went against Bailey and had one of the highest ratings SmackDown had you know, during the, the pandemic when they were the MVPs. She's the one who did all this. She's the one who carried it. And not only do you have her stuck in this ridiculous tag team with Naomi that is not doing her any favors, but you have her lose to Liv Morgan clean as a whistle no type of distractions, no reason for it to happen. The this is the type of booking that just just shouldn't be happening. There's no reason Sasha Banks should be losing to Liv Morgan. I mean, no reason. Naomi's right there, just sitting at the commentary table, you know, laughing it up with Pat you know, giving Michael Cole pounds because he's, you know, say it again, Michael Cole, say it with your whole chest when you talk about us being the first black women's tag team champ. Say it again, Michael Cole. (laughs) You know, you all excited. You need to be in that ring taking that L instead of Sasha Banks. Like, why would you have Liv Morgan beat Sasha Banks? I, I have no, like, Sasha, Charlotte, Bailey, Becky, Bianca now, Nobody should be beating these women for no reason. Like you shouldn't be beating these women on a random episode of SmackDown. It just should not be happening in a one-on-one fashion. Clean. Those women should be protected and held to a completely higher standard than everyone else. And that's just how I feel about it. And Sasha Banks is one of the biggest stars in the company. Liv Morgan is just a girl. I mean, I'm sorry to say it like that. She's a she's a nice hand to have, but she should not be beating. Sasha Banks for no reason this is ridiculous this is just ridiculous and shouldn't have happened
0: all right so here's my thought process on it you're not wrong but I do slightly disagree in that we had Monday Night Raw the Raw after Wrestlemania and you had Carmella and Queen Zelina you had Natalia and Shayna Baszler and you have Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan just do a Chupa Thread match instead of having Queen Zelina and Carmella break up over Corey fucking Graves. Have a match. <laughs> have Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley win the match, and they earn the shot for Monday's Raw against Sasha Banks and Naomi. You don't have the singles match, and you just save the matchup for Detroit on Monday. Then Rhea turns heel. It's fantastic. It makes sense, and you're saving matches for down the road. The reason they did it was because they booked Liv and Rhea to lose on Monday and Liv needed to get a win back against Sasha Banks. It could have been Naomi. It doesn't really bother me that that much because it was a good match between Liv and Sasha Banks. They have good chemistry and I'm sure that Sasha doesn't care about the loss in all honesty because she once lived to have the shine in the moment to say that she can hang with me. She can be on my level someday. And I completely get that. But this is all on WWE overcomplicating something that could have been done on Monday. The not after WrestleMania to properly set up tag teams for Sasha and Naomi moving forward as SmackDown or shall I say WWE women's tag team champions. And most importantly, they're already doing what I thought they would do after WrestleMania. And that is break up every goddamn tag team in this company for the women's division, which irritates me to no end. Why do you only care during WrestleMania season? As soon as it's over, let's break up all the tag teams and leave Sasha and Naomi with nobody to face, which will continue when Rhea turns on Liv Morgan this Monday on Raw. So so Paul, What are your thoughts on this matchup? Do you agree that Sasha should not have taken the L and maybe Naomi should have taken the L instead?
2: Well, uh, so I don't know if Scott realizes this and I'm probably going to make him even more mad when I, when I mention it, but the last time that Sasha Banks lost a singles match on TV, or that wasn't a house show, I should say was to Bianca Belair in the main event of last year's Wrestlemania. So they have oh managed to protect her for a full year. Now if you want to go back even further, the last time before that, so the last time she lost on TV uh, that she was pinned on TV I should say, because she, she had a DQ loss in there somewhere, was against Asuka in August 2020. Um, she was pinned in a Lumberjack match. Um, you have to go back to... Oh, where was I? I had it here? Io Shirai beating her in almost two years ago on NXT when the last time she lost a match that wasn't a title match on TV. Um, you know, they've done a great job protecting her and then you just have her lose this random match. So you're automatically assuming, okay, great. You know what? They're going to win the tag team titles and that's why, you know, she's getting this win. But we know she's not. We know that that is going to turn on her And they're probably just going to do a 50-50 and Sasha's going to pin her next week, which means, you know what, you've done this great job of protecting her. They could have mentioned it in commentary. They could have built it up. And instead, no, we're just going to have her randomly lose. I mean, honestly, you say Naomi could have got the pin. I mean, or Naomi could have taken the pin. They could have not done the match. They could have had Sasha win. Like, who cares? I mean, it doesn't matter because she's getting turned on next week anyways. Um, You know, you could have even had Rhea show up and then, you know, somehow be distracting to her and then she takes a loss or something. You know, like, I guess in their minds, maybe they took some criticism because uh, Sasha and Uh, Naomi beat them on Raw and that leads in a non-title match which leads to them getting a title match which is just about the worst booking outside of the fact that red dragon's getting their second title shot in aw even though they've only won one tag team match since they debuted um that's a whole other issue but uh yeah i uh this was baffling and and unless they're really going to be doing something going forward Liv morgan and we're going to look back and say oh my god like this was the start of her becoming the next becky lynch which I don't think, I think there's less than zero chance of that happening. Um, then this was just really, really stupid.
0: Yeah. Cause we know what's coming in a couple of days and they just delaying yeah. the inevitable. And it was a match that did not need to take place. You make them number one contenders for screw on Monday, set up the match for Monday and call it a day. But here we are. The screw job is imminent. So just get ready for it. And Bianca, Oh, well, you know, Sasha, sorry, I'm confusing people here. Flashbacks to WrestleMania last year. You know, great match, by the way. And that history by Paul Fontaine was great, detailing the losses that Sasha Banks has eaten as of late. And this one was Forgivable to me, even though it will be rendered pointless come Monday night. And now it is time for the final segment of the show, which was Roman Reigns coming out to be the new belt collector in professional wrestling. He wants the Usos to go on Monday Night Raw to unify the Raw and SmackDown tag team titles. And I'm like, OK, so we just won all the gold on one show and we're just going to render these titles meaningless in some ways. It's going to be the bloodline holding all the gold in WWE or silver in this case when it comes to those tag team titles. But then we have Shisuke Nakamura come out and he's going to say something. And Roman Reigns says, oh, no, 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 it's OK. I know why you're here. Your partner, Big Boogs, got injured due to any injury. I know what it's like. Me and Jay went through that with Jimmy a couple of years ago, lost him for well over a year. And I'm an understanding, compassionate, and loving tribal chief. So show me some love, Shinsuke. Bring it in. And he hugs him. And then the Uso super kick, Shinsuke Nakamura, lay him out. And of course, the show ends via heat. And one can only presume that we're going to see Roman Reigns versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania Backlash we could have got this last year when Shisuke Nakamura technically ran the gauntlet heading into last year's Warrior rumble pay-per-view, but better late than never. It's a nice stopgap. We know that Shisuke Nakamura has no chance in hell of winning this match. So I'm cool with it, but my goodness, what a way to bitch him out via this main event segment. He has no friends. Maybe he can call RK bro. So they can feed with the bloodline on TV, which completely winders the brand split useless at this point, Paul. <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah. Uh I I was thinking that, you know, even the second they announced this Liv Morgan Sasha Banks match. Um I just keep thinking back to that tagline of the one time a year that you get to see you know SmackDown and Raw superstars facing each other. Um and then you got Roman Reigns talking about, you know, unifying the belts, which uh, you know, I mean and maybe that's it. Like maybe the the brand splits over, you know, for now. Um and I, you know, I wouldn't necessarily even have a problem with that. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I'm not thrilled with the prospects of, you know, the, the way that they went into this match. Um, it does seem to be something that they do, you know, often. I pointed it out, a couple, you know, about a month ago, we were doing some sort of a, uh, I think it was on Brews News or something. And I mentioned, we were talking about Cody. And I mentioned how I figured Cody would beat Seth Rollins and then Seth Rollins would end up being the challenger for the title. Because that's what they do like that whoever takes a high profile singles loss at WrestleMania ends up challenging for the title on the next pay-per-view like it, it always happens you can go back in history and and so in this case it was a guy that had a tag team t- match loss but um you know i i do think that they were probably had this in mind because there was a reason why they were facing the Usos and maybe um you know that they were going to win before the Rick Boogs injury and then that would have led to a match with Roman you know and then he's going to Put Shinsuke in his place um, I do think it's gonna be a great match uh, you know people forget sometimes how great a wrestler uh, shinsuke nakamura is um he's you know his, his best days are probably you know seven eight maybe ten years ago but he's also you know kind of been taking it easy ever since he's been in wwe so when he has to get it up for a big match he usually does it so i am i do think it's gonna be a great match uh probably like a one and done um you know just kind of waiting until the big show in um uh, money in the bank which i don't know if it's going to be lesnar or if they got something else big in mind but i i think it's got to be like a really big name to be facing uh roman reigns at when they're going to try to fill a stadium in las vegas so um yeah i um i i do like and if they're going to unify the belts i think that's good i think having you know these traveling champions that can go back and forth between the shows i like it because it gives it gives like a focus, it, it makes the title be feel more important. And you've got like matches. Now you can do number one contender matches instead of like the raw tag team title matches. And then the winner gets to face the champions who are going to make a special appearance, you know, just to defend the titles. Like, you know, and and it's how the women's title has kind of been presented, but nobody takes it seriously. But I think with the men's titles, they will. And, and I do think like, you know, you've got a really intriguing matchup and I don't know who's going to win. Like the Usos and RK bro, like, those are the two top tag teams in WWE no question and maybe you know maybe two of the top 5 in all of wrestling and everyone talks about how loaded the the AEW tag team division is or you know you got your briscoes in ROH or you know some teams in New Japan but i put these two teams up there against any of them and the prospects of them having a true unification match like Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar just had at SummerSlam like i think that's a pay-per-view match and and maybe they do some sort of a screw job on Raw that's leads to a big match at the pay-per-view there must be a winner the tag team titles are going to be unified they promise you that that i mean honestly that could almost main event the show over roman reigns and uh shinsuke nakamura in, in my opinion but i don't think they'll do it but that's what i'd do
0: Definite possibility and dream scenario. If WWE had it together all the way, the tag team options with unified titles would be the Usos, the New Day, Imperium, if they were all together, the Hurt Business, if they gave a shit, Afro Academy, RK Bro, the Street Profits, you got, Sheamus and Butch, I don't want to have Rich Holland anywhere near that situation, all of those tag teams, that would be an absolutely phenomenal tag team scene alongside whatever Edge would be doing with his brood crew in 2022. Like, that would be the dream tag team division for WWE. If the stars align, if these belts do become ready to unify, like Malcolm Bivens said months ago on his Twitter. So, Scott, what are your thoughts on Roman Reigns being the new belt collector and unifying all these belts and what role Shinsuke plays heading into WrestleMania Backlash?
1: I'm here for for Roman Reigns, just continuing the dominance. And this act, this this works storyline wise, because, you know, the big question was, what's next for Roman Reigns? What do you do after Brock Lesnar, I mean that is that was literally the biggest match WWE could put on at the time. So what do you do next? This is a logical step. Roman is saying, you know, storyline wise, I've done everything I can possibly do. I've done everything I can to elevate this group. I've done everything I can, and I've elevated you two. Now it's time for you two to follow my lead, to do what I do, and I'd like that. That to me is is. An excellent continuance of the story, like that flows perfectly. That works naturally. I mean, he's holding too. He's like, hey, if I can do it, why can't you guys? You guys aren't even facing Brock Lesnar. You know, you're you're facing Orton and Riddle. In in his mind, in in Orton's mind, I mean, not Orton, uh, Roman's mind. He's like, that's not the Beast. You should be able to handle that. And I agree with you, Paul. I think this match it it needs it. I, I really hope we do get some type of DQ or maybe a beatdown before the match because it's way too big to happen on not even a week's notice of, of hype. I, I agree. with. I think it could main event a pay-per-view. If you wanted to give Roman Reigns, you know, if you wanted to give away a Roman Reigns match on SmackDown, you could main event a live, a premium live event with this tag match. You know, and, and that's a way you can kind of, you get Roman, you get a Roman Reigns match on TV, which you don't get a lot of, you know, that's a, that's a rarity. And that's something that you don't get. So you could get that on Fox and then you can not, then you could do something different. You could have the tag titles, main event, a premium live event. Like that would be cool. And that would have a big fight feel you're unifying the tag titles and they're going to put on a great match. Riddle's going to sell his tail off and Orton is going to be on fire. And that crowd, when he gets that hot tag, he's going to do wonders, man. And I mean, you, you know, you're going to get a springboard art. You know, you're going to get an RKO. Somebody's going to go for the frog splash. Orton's going to come and hit the RKO. You know, you're going to get super kicks on riddle coming off the top. Like, you know, what kind of match you're going to get. I, I'm talking myself into the idea and I'm I'm liking it more and more. I think this is an opportunity to put a Roman Reigns match on TV for the title against Shinsuke. You know cuz like you said we know the outcome but the match quality would be solid. The crowd would be there with Shinsuke and I'd main event one of those live events with that tag match. That's a big match, man, to unify those titles too. especially with the way both teams have been presented and protected and the reactions that they both get. The crowd loves RK, bro, and they will certainly go against the bloodline. So, man, I, I hope that's what they do. I know it's not what they're going to do, but I'd love to see something different out of them.
0: Indeed. And all really good ideas. And hopefully WWE goes with it because I want those tag to How does it mean something? And I'd be decorative pieces for the bloodline, even though the upgraded t-shirt will look lovely with the bloodline, having all the championships in WWE for the men's division. And with that, it's now time to talk about our guilty pleasure slash avoid at all costs picks of the week. So things we love and hate about WWE this week. So Paul, please reveal your picks for this week as we wrap up this episode of The Wrap.
2: All right, so my avoid at all costs. Um, I'm surprised this hasn't come up at all, but it. And hopefully, I'm not stealing from somebody else, but I probably am. Um, the it's got to be the uh, the match between Duke Hudson and um, uh, Dexter Loomis on NXT. I mean, and and to the point where they had the uh, the finish that the crowd chanted, "This is stupid," and the one time they actually sabotaged the show and it was it was worth it because that was the dumbest finish I think I've ever seen or if you know definitely in the last year um I I just you know just if you if you happen to have NXT sitting on your PVR, I mean really just don't watch the show period but if you feel like you need to watch the show skip through that part because you you'll be dumber after having watched it um and my guilty pleasure um man I've been scrambling to try to come up with something. Uh, And I don't know if I was just in a bad mood all week. Uh, But I honestly, like, it felt like a chore getting through some of this TV stuff that that we had on this week. So, you know what? Like, I'll go back to WrestleMania and say that my guilty pleasure was um, the Sami Zayn-Johnny Knoxville match from WrestleMania. I know I'm kind of cheating a bit because you guys have already covered that show. But um, that that was a guilty pleasure. And and I brought my daughter... Um, It was the one match she was interested in uh, on the whole two nights. Like uh, you know, Emily was was, is my younger daughter and she loved night one. She barely watched any of night two, but um, my daughter Sydney, who's twenty and isn't a wrestling fan, just loved it. And she was literally jumping up and down when Wee Man body slammed Sami Zayn. Um, So that was a pleasure to be with her and watch it. So that's my guilty pleasure of the week.
0: We Man bringing families together In the
2: 2022s <laughs> It is a marvel and I got a great great picture on my Facebook Of me and Wee Man together at the bar After Wrestlemania
0: That is awesome So yeah. go we Man I love him He is going to be the standard For Wrestlemania's to come <laughs> Via that body slam scene Around the world So Scott what are your guilty pleasures And the one thing we should not watch From WWE this week Which might be many Considering NXT 2.0
1: where do I start? From Carmella and Corey Graves trying to bring their YouTube show to Raw before nine. I don't even know if it was after nine o'clock or not, but that's what they were trying to do, and I'm not here for that. Um, I got kids. I uh, also the 2.0 thing. Like you can you can skip the the you can skip everything after the bell rings with Braun and Gunther. No need to watch that horror show that unfolds after that. That's the first 48 waiting to happen. Um, but so you know what you can you can skip. Uh, you can skip all that. That's just there's plenty to skip. Um, I guess I'll go with, uh, I, yeah, I'll go with Carmella and and Corey Graves. That that's just that's just appalling. That's that doesn't need to be on anyone's TV. There's a reason that even the cock doesn't want your sex. There's a reason for that. Okay. Um, yeah. Now my guilty pleasure is, man. I'm gonna tell you what. I was blown away by this promo and. You know, people are people might be like, really? What the Lacey Evans promo on SmackDown? Oh yeah, was absolutely. I thought it was fantastic. And if this is the Lacey Evans that everyone was seeing, you know, when they first debuted, or was like, yo, she's got, she's got something, she's got something, then this is the Lacey Evans that should have debuted. This Lacey Evans right here can be a top babyface on the SmackDown brand, and I genuinely believe that she can be a top baby face from her in the military like the crowd started cheering once they showed the military garments and all that and her talking about being a mother and and let me and let me just cuz i see i saw a lot of hate on twitter on on her for just countless things and i want to so, you know talking about you know she's not that tough just cuz she i saw somebody say just cuz she's in the military doesn't mean she's tough let me t- let me say this about every single woman that is a mother anyone that is a mother is already tougher than any man already off top just because they've given birth they are already tougher than any man off top because let I me mean, tell you something that ain't nothing to pl- i've never experienced it but that ain't nothing to play with and i can because you know that's that's a whole that's that's giving life man so if they can do that there's nothing that a man can do that could that is tougher than that so she's more than tough she's you know and this was this was excellent, man. I, I think she has top tier potential with this character, and I hope they continue with these for a couple more weeks, because I think when she does debut, I think she's going to get a really good babyface reaction, which is crazy to think of from the character that she was this that awful Southern Belle to this badass G.I. Jane character she's got going on. So, like, I, I'm here for it. I think she's going to be a top babyface on Smackdown in a year
0: agreed and i love that promo and she looked great and i cannot wait to see her back hopefully she's improved a lot of the ring since then the personality's there just need to really refine the stuff in the ring but she's much better than my skippable person this week which is ronda rousey again she's like uno to me skip 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 the promos are tired she it's dry she doesn't want to be there like Do you want to be a babyface or a heel? No, I know you want to be a heel, but your job right now is to be a babyface. Just act like you give a shit, because just, no. Charlotte Flair is carrying this thing on her back, and it's uno for Ronda Rousey. Skip, skip, and skip. I'm just done with her right now, and I used to be a big fan of hers four years ago, but the thrill is gone for Ronda Rousey. I'm just not feeling it right now, but my guilty pleasure this week must go to Brother Ezekiel, You know, first week (laughs) out, he made me laugh. He looks like LA Knight. I cannot wait for these two guys to share a room together and say, is that you? Is that me playing you? What's up? Yeah. (laughs) Let me talk to you about it. So hopefully these two guys share a room very soon and cut promos. But for the love of God, Ezekiel slash Elias, grow your beard back as soon as possible because you look like Lord for a quad. And that is never a good thing. (laughs) I seen the memes. I see the vision. No, no, no. And with that, this is a wrap for The Wrap this week. I want to thank Scott and Paul for joining me per the usual, chopping up everything WWE this week.
1: Oh, it's, it's always a pleasure to, to do this. I, uh, I had a blast doing it. And, uh, you know, shout out to, to the, the, the Grandpa Dez show, A Cup of Joe. For, I was on that this weekend, so go check that out as well. Uh, representing the rap, I definitely gave you a shout out, Keela, uh, my better half on this show. And uh, yeah, this, this was a blast. This was much more entertaining than that underwhelming week of uh, WWE that we had to endure.
2: Yeah, I, uh, I'll, I'll throw out another plug as well for that. You can find it on the Fight Game Media YouTube channel. It was uh, myself, Scott, Mel Gray from the Power Bombshell show and uh, James B. McDaniel from The Boom, which is the uh, – alter ego of this show, um, you know, covering all things AEW. um, And, uh, you know, I've never gotten a chance to be on that show. But I this this being on this show is a highlight of the week for me every time I get to do it. Uh, except for this week, because WrestleMania was the highlight of the week, but this is a close second. Um, and uh, you know, meeting Becky for my daughter was really nice too. So, uh, but that's all part of the same weekend. So, I want to thank you guys for having me on. Uh, hopefully, I'll get to do it again soon. Uh, but I love your show, and I listen to every single one. And uh, I, uh, and this was another good one. So, uh, thanks a lot, guys
0: always and we apologize for making you feel so bad about standing and deliver until you realized we were right or we're bots <laughs> yeah or we're bots i mean we generated yeah. that response beforehand or
1: we're bots or we're what bots
0: our firmware responded differently and we apologize for making you angry even though you went to the show but in hindsight you knew deep down in your
2: soul we were right yeah i'll check with my buddy tony and find out if you guys are bots or not <laughs>
0: yes yeah, so we we can't <laughs> you wanna confirm
2: you want to ask phil <friend> No. Oh, I got. I got to tell you guys something off air about that. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> All
0: right. So that'll be cut for the rap after dark, which will never see light of day. But <laughs> you know. <laughs> Won't even be on the Patreon, but you know, we're going to chop that up off the air, but we'll be back next week covering all things WWE, hopefully better than that lazy little lull after WrestleMania, but what a week it was. We enjoyed it. But until then for Scott, for Paul and for myself, enjoy the rest of your week. And that is a wrap on all things WWE.